Shut up and sit down. Well, I want to welcome everybody to a beautiful new episode of Third Shift. This is episode 211. And man, oh man, we've had two big old events take place in the course of a week. Not to mention the brand new DLC, which I don't even think we're touching tonight, as Matt predicted, because he is some kind of Nostradamus figure. Mm -hmm. He's an insane person. He's crazy. And of course, you just heard him nod his head and do a little hmm in approval. He's here with me tonight to go through all sorts of fun stuff on this beautiful episode. But before... We get into all the humdrum and drink drong drum. We got to talk about our weeks, starting with Matt. How was your week? I barely even remember this week. I feel it's like a week that just went whoosh, and I don't think anything happened this week. Nothing cool, nothing exciting. Played Animal Crossing, of course, on the video game front. As always, doing the Animal Crossing things, making my island all special and cool and all nice and neat. And then been playing Ghost of Tsushima. And oh, wait, I beat it and I platinumed it. Oh, on stream, you could have seen oh, it at twitch.tv slash third shift me. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, man. You're a platinum star. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. So that game's amazing. It was fun. It was a ton of fun. That run up to the end, you're so powerful and have so many tools, and everything is so fast and fluid and cool. You're such a, just such a murdering machine that. It was just amazing. It was awesome. And that was basically my week. I just did just play a little bit more Borderlands 3 right before we got on the show here, you know, doing some DLC action. But other than that, I haven't done anything at all this week. What about you, Eric? Well, you know, I told y'all I was going camping, and that's exactly what we did. And unfortunately, Mother Nature was like, you know what? Nah, it's not going to work out. So Saturday morning, it was gloomy and whatnot, and it wasn't looking good. Sure enough, by about 11, 11.30, it started raining, and it didn't stop raining until 11.30, 12 that night. So we made the best of it. We we still had some fun, kind of, you know, the girls played outdoors anyway because it wasn't like a disgusting downpour. It was just a, a light rain all day. And kids, they don't care. So they still played. They still had a little fun. I just sat under the awning and, you know, read books and relaxed, that kind of deal. So we made the best of what we had. Got there Sunday, had a little fun. It was sunny and shiny, so we actually did some putt-putt golfing. And, you know, a couple of things we would have done Saturday if it had been nice out. And then we took off, headed home. And like you said, the weeks kind of just went tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock all the way through. But I did play and beat the original game of Control. So, man, played through that, you know, the ashtray maze again. Got to see old man freaking darling doing his dance, doing his little jig, having a good time. I saved the day. And I was a little sad because at the time I wasn't on the PlayStation Network, but I swore I had downloaded the the Foundation, the first DLC. Apparently not. It wouldn't let me go get it, obviously, and I couldn't play it. And I was so just sad because I had a couple hours still left over and I couldn't touch it. So I didn't get to go into Foundation or all. And then, of course, once I got back home, I was like, well, I got to bust up in some Borderlands. So I got in there and I played the Krieg DLC for a while. And I don't know how many hours I got into it, didn't beat it, but got, you know, a nice little distance in there. And I said, well, that's okay. We got so much to talk about. I'll wait and I'll finish up with my buddy Matt or something this weekend. It'll be a good time. Like we initially thought was going to happen. And lastly, I played this really neat game called Spellbreak. All right. And it was, it's a battle royale. I didn't think I was going to like it that much. You know, I don't, like I've said a million times, I don't do the battle royals too much, but got in there, had a good time with it, went and played some more matches, found out I'm still not a crappy player though, because I was busting up in the third place, uh, eighth place, sixth place, seventh place, you know, so you know, I'm I'm up in the region there, and it, it ain't like it was, folks, 
when I was doing uh, Fortnite. No, I, I don't just go hide and wait till everything's gone and then go engage. No, I was I was getting kills, you know, engaging with other mages, having a good time with it. Really enjoyed it. So uh, my sister's actually going to get on there. We're going to play and have some more fun. Nice. So I'll keep you all posted on that, whether I stick with it or not. Who knows? We'll find out. There's so many games, so much to do. And with that, Matt, it's time to God to Haba Hamba Lou and get this rolling. That's right. Speaking of games and stuff to do, I'm going to give you a game with lots of stuff to do in it. I'm going to be talking about Hades, the new game from Supergiant Games, the people who are behind Bastion and Transistor, and Pyre, which nobody seems to remember. This dropped today as we're recording this, the 17th, for PC and Switch only for right now, which kind of makes me very sad because as much as I do want to play it, I want to play it on my PS4 and get trophies and, and stream it and do all the cool things. Because I was surprised to learn today as I was researching the game, uh, this game is not just a, an adventure game like Bastion and Transistor was. It's a roguelike game. You're basically playing as Hades' son, and you're trying to battle your way out of hell. That's the overarching story. You're trying to battle your way out. You're getting killed. You're resurrecting. You're going back through it again and again and again. But what I really appreciate about this game is, you know, we've seen a lot of roguelikes or roguelites or however you want to call them where, you know, you, you kind of bring new things with you. You, you progress in that, for, in that first run. You die, and then you bring a little something back. But not only do you do that in this game, like you get... I think there's like six different weapons with four different ways to handle them. There's all kinds of like blessings of the gods because it's, you know, it's Hades. It's all the the Greek pantheon of gods and heroes and all that stuff. But not only that, but the characters that you meet remember you and like this death loop is part of the actual story. So you'll go through, have a run, die, come back, and the characters that you meet, you know, in, in the starting area will comment on how your run went. And you, you kind of develop bonds over time, you know, friendships, romances with all these characters. When you meet boss characters that beat you, they reference the fact that you're coming at them again. If you beat them and then you meet them again later, they reference that they beat you before, but you beat them this time and now they've changed and now they've got a buddy with them, something like that. So what I really appreciate is it's not just bang your head against the wall and try and get through the dungeon and then that's it. It's this, this whole rich story that's built around it and built around that concept of that death loop coming back and going forward and coming back and going forward and meeting all these characters and developing your relationship with them in addition to your ability to beat monsters and go through this procedurally generated dungeon and beat bosses and do all the roguelite things. So I, I can't recommend this game enough. All the reviews I've been seeing, 8s, 9s, 10s, all across the board, fantastic reviews. If you got a PC, if you got a Switch, you got to play this. Just watch some trailers of it. It looks amazing. It looks beautiful. Awesome graphics. Awesome portraits of the characters, you know, as dialogue as you're meeting them. Good voice acting. Awesome music. The gameplay is fast and frenetic and crazy and just big effects all over the screen. Oh, man, it looks gorgeous. It looks crazy. And it sounds like a lot of fun because it's roguelikes, which I like. But then it's got this awesome story and characters and relationship stuff, which I absolutely love. So the meshing of two things that I definitely do enjoy... I hope you guys are going to enjoy it too. It's Hades, and I'm going to throw it to my buddy Eric, who's got a total cop out of a release. This is stuff we've all heard. Now, see, he wants he wants to talk talk about a cop out, but here's the deal, folks. What he doesn't know is I was going to take Hades, 
But I said, no, my buddy Matt's probably going to want that. There wasn't, it was I don't believe Pickens, it. I don't believe just it. Just so you don't. This is no oh, way. no, I, I love Hades. It. Yes, because I intend to play this one <laughs> because uh-huh. I have been following it for quite some time. Because if you don't know, it's done the pre-release thing like over and over and over oh, and yeah, over It's again, been forever. early access for a long yeah, time. And I love the engagement that you referenced where like Zeus, every time you die and you come back, he's like, ah, oh, you sucked again, didn't you, boy? Mm-hmm. You're never getting out. Might as well just come on over here and relax. You know, that... I love that banter going back and forth and the fact that they, like you said, remember that you die and then you keep going ahead and going ahead and ahead. I was like, this is freaking cool. And plus, like you said, it looks gorgeous. And then all the different, you know, just the details and environments and stuff. Was, oh, I was like, yeah, this this game I want to play is something I could easily cover. I've already watched, you know, people do blow playthroughs and whatnot from uh, the pre-release stuff. But but I didn't, okay? You know, I took the bullet and I did the, the, the cop out. I did the... <sighs> You took the bullet the, and decided to do a really easy release this week. The Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Whoa! One, tell me all about this one, Eric. All right. Now, see, that's not the, you know, that's partly the deal. But listen, all right? <laughs> There's a reason I chose this one. Uh-huh. Now, you all know Super Mario 64. You all know Super Mario Sunshine. Or maybe not, because that's the kind of the black sheep of the crew. Exactly. And then, of course, Super Mario Galaxy. One was for the N64, one was for the GameCube, one was for the Wii. Well, guess what? They put them all together in this beautiful little package. Nintendo, bless their souls, have allowed you to pick up these three beautiful games to celebrate their 35 years of being strong, being loud, being proud, doing what they do. But here's the kicker, all right? You guys don't need me to explain the games to you. They're beautiful, awesome games mm-hmm. in all their own ways. Obviously, like I said, Sunshine's the weaker of the three. Uh, I'm, t- I'm tilting my head, man. I love Sunshine. And I had no problem with Sunshine. And, and I was just about to say... Of the three, you know, they all got an HD boost and, you know, cleaned up some stuff here and there, but nothing major. They're basically direct ports. And as it's been stated all over the place, the N64 version just shows its age. I mean, it's older yeah. and all hell now. And, of course, the controls back then were fine, but now it's kind of wonky. So, of course, be aware of that. You're going to encounter all those issues, the camera, the et cetera, et cetera. But in Sunshine, and then, of course, especially Galaxy, that HD upgrade really... Really helps them out. Mm-hmm. Really just kind of cleans everything up, takes all them polygons and smooths them out a little bit. Just a nice polish to it. And I'll tell you, Sunshine's Water still holds up, still looks good, yeah. making that Delfino Island just pop. But of course, everybody gets mad about the gameplay of it, you know, having to use the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, flood. the flood. flood yeah. Yes, the flood all over the place and everything. And I have to agree with them. That was kind of what turned me off way back in the day. It's more about using that instead of your typical Mario, just mm. hopping around, doing backflips and stuff throughout the the stages. But anyways, especially Galaxy, everybody, you got to check that one out. That one was looking super sharp. And they went ahead and even kept the uh, movement controls where you just pop off your little remotes and yep. go to town and grab and move. The only difference was, uh, state was, you know how in Sunshine... You could uh, do the fast little full-on flood yeah, yeah, yeah. and just poof, and it'd have you stuck in motion. But you could do the light one and just kind of move around. Mm-hmm. Well, you could do that with analog back in the day, but these ones don't have it. So just be noted that you have to like actually use two separate buttons. So you'll yeah, have to get yeah. used to that, running and going. But anywho's, the Wiimotes are intact basically for, for Galaxy. Because, of course, as you know, with the Wiimotes, you're able to grab and pick and use your little cursor and go all over the place. You can mm-hmm. do that in this one as well. So nothing's really changed. It still feels really good. And the reason I even mentioned this at all, like I told you at the top, was because it's going away. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. They're pulling a Disney. 
in March, they're going to put it back in the vault. And if you don't have it, you're never going to get it, or at least for a few years or 10 years, 20 years, however many years it is, you will not see this again. So if you're our age, you know, and you're up in your 40s almost, you might want to grab this if you like those games because you might be 60, 70 before you see it again. And by then you're probably dead. So really doesn't matter. This is probably your last opportunity if you're in our bracket to get this these three titles. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I gave you crap for picking the easy release, but this is something I'm totally going to get. Mostly for Sunshine because I played the crap out of 64. I really don't need to play it again. I played it up and down around the corner when I was a kid. I played Sunshine and I got, I made it like halfway to three quarters of the way through it, but I never ever beat it. And Galaxy, I kind of fell off of after a while. Just I don't know the Wii the Wii pointer thing, collecting all the mm-hmm. bits didn't didn't really sit right with me. But I always have these fond memories of Sunshine and knowing that I got so close to you know getting all the stuff and beating it the way I did sixty four back in the day. I have to get it now. Maybe I'm still not going to beat it, but at least I'll have it. So when they vault it and they're like, oh, we'll bring it back for the 100th anniversary when I'm very, very dead. Well, at least I'll have it and I I have the chance to do it again. Yeah, if you want to. And that's the reason I wanted to mention this because not everybody pays close attention to what the hell's going on in the gaming world. And if you listen to this show and you don't pay attention to everything else, I wanted to let you all know if you have fond memories of those particular Nintendo Mario games, you might want to go grab it up. So, of course, check it out over there on the beautiful Switch. What? <laughs> Speaking of things you got fond memories of, we got fond memories of Borderlands the pre-sequel. We talk about it every single week on the show. This might as well just be the Borderlands pre-sequel podcast. Man, remember when we used to jump around, you were Nisha, oh, and I was Claptrap, and it would be one-shot wonder all the time, every so single time? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> but if you want to relive those days, get yourself some shift codes for Golden Keys at Borderlands the pre-sequel, and I guess Borderlands 3 is out there too. Sure, do that too. But hit up the Twitter, the Reddit, the forums, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred shift code provider. Get yourself some free loot in two awesome games. Indeed, you should get over there, especially with the pre-sequel. As Matt said, we do gush about it all the time. It's one of those things in hindsight how much I I, I can't believe I love that one so much. Because yeah. I remember when we were playing it, I'd get aggravated sometimes because there was like no loot. Yeah. There was no legendaries in that game like a- anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we never got them in the first place in two, but with pre-sequel, it was just non-existent. Yeah. It just didn't happen. It wasn't going to happen. And that always just kind of bothered me. But, and you know, then I look back now and I'm like, man, I loved playing as Nisha. I loved playing as Athena. I had such mm-hmm. a good time. Get in there. Get those freaking keys and have a blast. And, of course, something that you've all probably loved that we've done but is coming to an end are the Borderlands patch notes. This... I mean, Matt didn't take this seriously enough, okay? I The gravity in which Matt on our show notes put this was like he didn't understand what's happening no 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 right? I, I i well and truly understand but i wanted to call him out on this so in the patch no, notes okay. yeah they fixed a bug okay enemies would respawn for <laughs> yeah. psh, whatever exactly take down you know but now they said oh man hey now the hot fixes are going to be coming out slower because they were coming out too frequently before which i never heard a single person ever say everybody loved patch notes and hot fixes because especially lately because it was all weapon buffs weapon buffs weapon buffs weapon buffs who who would ever say man it was too soon since that last weapon buff to buff my other favorite weapons gosh i sure am sad and you know (laughs) they said since the hot fixes are now going on the update schedule you know how long it is between updates you and i both know Oh, we do know. We know uh-huh. out there, podcast listener. I know and you know. This is no more patch notes. Might as well just delete it. Get it in the show notes right now. Get in the show notes mm-hmm. and just de- just delete, delete that header because it's gone. It's, yeah. poo. it's gone. That's exactly why I want to have a moment of silence for patch notes. They're gone. It's over. 
Because when the updates come out, do you think, honestly, me and Matt are going to sit here and talk about some of the patch notes with the updates? No, we're going to be talking about that nice, meaty chunk of fun times. Yep. Not you fix 2% on some grenade here or there or whatever. No, we don't talk about that. We never have. So, man, farewell, patch notes. It was great knowing you. Rest in peace. I feel like we've done this before with other patch notes for other games we've covered here. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do the Catholic sign. Is up, down, left, right, contra code? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask about that. So, sure. Moment of silence, though. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. Now that's it's it. time to celebrate because over this past week, we got all kinds of things. We got PAX Online. We had the PlayStation Showcase. Oh, Next Gen is coming out in force now. We got dates and times and prices and all the things. And we got all kinds of stuff from Gearbox. They loaded up their little blunderbuss and they shot good news right in our faces. Just boom, just scattershot everywhere. So we're going to start it off with whatever Eric wants to start off with first. Go for it, man. Well, you know what? You, you put it right. Let's just go ahead and talk about Risk of Rain real quick. Risk of Rain 2 is coming to Stadia. I don't have Stadia. I'm not going to get Stadia. I don't yeah. think you intend to either. Nope. But it's worth noting, if you invested in that, Risk of Rain 2 is going to be over there for you. You're going to be able to stream that on almost any device you have and play it using Stadia, which is really, really cool if that's what you're into. <laughs> that's, that's a song. It's it's a beautiful song. I heard that's it right. just today. It makes me feel good. But anyways, <laughs> it's pretty neat. I always love the idea of Stadia. Unfortunately, you know, when it came out, it was kind of like just wasn't received real well and didn't have a lot of titles supporting it. Plus, it was blah, you know, chunky, I hear. I feel like I never knew when it actually came out. Like we talked about it on IG2G and we we're like, man, what's the future going to hold for streaming stuff? And then later, like months and months later, I was watching a commercial that was like now on Stadia. And I was like, that's out. Who? When did that happen? I have no idea. It did kind of just go, man, but I'll give you this. It's still around. It's still surviving. It's still making moves, and I wish it well. I'm the type of person. I wish all the things well. Mm -hmm. The more, the merrier. So hopefully Risk of Rain 2 succeeds and has a great time over there on Stadia. Now, I didn't really see the Homeworld thing. I ain't going to lie. I know Homeworld, something happened when I was driving home. It was fuzzy. I can not hear what they are talking about, but I do know Tribes Midgar Showed a whole bunch of really cool new, uh, you know, scenes and whatnot of you building up everything, your town. Kind of clarified things for me a bit. You yeah, know, true. You're going to be building a town, building an encampment. Every once in a while, these Jotun, these giants are going to come in and try to destroy you. And you got to be prepared to stop them. And then in between that, you'll be gathering supplies, going on incursions to dungeons, etc. to get better loot. But more supplies, more things to help you stop said giants from destroying your, your sacred tree. All that good stuff. And I went, okay, now I understand what you're doing on a day-to-day. I get it. Here we go. I'm on board. I feel like these were things that we kind of knew from delving into mm-hmm. the behind-the-scenes stuff with them. But to hear it clarified, like, they especially said, like, oh, yeah, every 10 days is going to be a big attack. So it's not like every day. Is not, it doesn't sounds like you're not going to be running missions unless that's a separate part of the game. Just kind of like building up your town with your co-op buddies, and then oh man, let's you know we're going to schedule our raid for Wednesday because that's when the Jotun's going to come. So that's pretty cool uh-huh. if that if you know it sticks to a, a steady schedule like that. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. And they did say there will be dungeons that you're going to go into to get better oh, yeah, loot yeah, yeah. to prepare for the the uh, the raid. 
So you will be going on other cool little incursions, but yeah, it's not like set missions. It's just, right. hey, you know, we're going to go over here. There's a goblin cave over here. We're going to go down in there, and I'll bet there's some kind of goblin lord underneath that might be able to drop some blues or purples or whatever the, the gear is going to be for us. Yeah, so we did see a little bit more. We heard a little bit more. I can't wait to hear more about Tribes of Midgard because that seems like a fun one for you and me and eight other co-op buddies that we'll randomly get somehow. Uh, probably not. It'll be awesome for us to go rolling around as a two-man team, getting smashed by the Jotun every single 10 days. And just having I'll a defend bad time. the North, you defend the South. It's what just me. It's Doesn't just matter. me and my Raven familiar or something. <laughs> oh, man, this sucks. There'll be NPCs or something that can help. I'm sure they'll they'll fill it out. They, they got to know that nobody has eight friends. That's yeah. impossible. <laughs> but you mentioned Homeworld 3. I, as far as I recall, it wasn't very much on it, just talking about you know, the fig numbers and kind of, you know, how the updates have been going. They did mention that the Homeworld mobile app, you can get alpha access or beta access to as long as you did back the Homeworld 3 fig campaign. And the way they said it, it sounded like you could actually go and still back Homeworld 3 on fig, or if it was just like go sign up to get that alpha access on your phone. So if you are a Homeworld 3 backer or you can still back it, again, not really sure on that, you can also get into the alpha or the... There was the close technical test, I think is what he was talking about, for that oh, Homeworld yeah. mobile app. So if you're into Homeworld and you want it on your phone or your tablet, definitely go check that out. Hey, I'm all about that. Maybe I'll get it on the phone. Maybe that's where I'll play that because I love my phone. Except for it probably won't work on my $50 phone. <laughs> and what else won't work on your $50 phone, my friend, is Godfall because that's a PS5 launch game. Yeah, November 12th. Woo! Yeah, November 12th, launching with the PS5. So we got that. And then we also saw some pre-order bonuses. Lots of in-game skins, in-game items. You also get Zero Sword from Borderlands. Well, and what a cool reward. I mean, not re- no, it is a cool reward, but yeah. also reveal. I mean, that was neat how he's like, oh, yeah. I got one more surprise for you guys. And they had Claptrap, of course, our boy Jim Feronda. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Come in there and just start going crazy talking about Zero Sword coming in. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then on top of it, we got the combat trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. did you see those environments? We That's that's what we've been talking about. Yeah, true. Just seeing in action, actually, baddies running around, you throwing your shield out, slamming into dudes. The backdrops were just gorgeous looking. That music, of course. I mean, you know, it was all made to be cool and get you hyped, but right. they did it. It really did sound cool, feel cool. And got me going, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to pound some faces. I think I actually got distracted by the backdrops because they were so gorgeous. Because I was like, I've seen a little, we've seen a little bit of gameplay so far. But I looked back in the back and I went, holy crap. Wow. Wow. Uh It's like every shot. I was just like, no, what's back there? I want to go watch it again. I've watched it a couple times already. And yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again myself. And then, of course, like you said, with those pre-order bonuses, you get uh, platinum skins, the gold skins, which I thought was neat because it's not something I, I know they've mentioned it before, but didn't sink in that mm-hmm. you'll even though you're going to get a whole bunch of different valor plates, you'll also be able to customize them further yeah. by getting different colorations, etc. For them, I, I know I knew that, but when I saw that, I went, "Duh! Oh yeah!" So it won't just be if me and Matt both chose. You know, a certain valor plate, I'd have to look just me and Matt just be twins. You know, I could be like, no, 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 I'm sporting blood red, crimson red or something. And then he could do a different color, at least give us a little differentation. I'm in that exact same boat. I I know I knew it, but I forgot it until I saw that. And I was like, oh, cool, because there's a red skin, there's the plat skins, there's the gold skins. So hopefully if Godfall gets really cool support after launch, they'll also be throwing in all kinds of crazy skins. 
That would be awesome. Well, and you also saw they've already got expansion one lined up. That's true, yeah. Because that's part of the uh, that's part of the pre order bonus for the uh, the expanded set. Mm-hmm. And on top of everything, just today they announced that they went gold. Yep. So the game's gone gold. Everything's set in stone. It's it's official. It's ready to roll as soon as PlayStation Five launches later this wonderful year. Absolutely. Another thing that's official. Is something that I I said I said it I didn't say it was actually going to be real but when we were talking about the future of Borderlands and the whole BNBTs I said well hey maybe they're actually making bunkers and badasses an actual thing surprise thanks to their partnership well partnership I'm going to say in quotes with Nerdvana Games because Nerdvana stuff is run by Randy Pitchford's wife you know now bunkers and badasses has become real they're releasing an actual rule book and a whole collector's edition with the figurines and the enemy standees and all that stuff. So if you wanted to play Bunkers and Badasses and relive those tiny Tina days, you can totally do it. And I got to say, what I really appreciate in this, I'm probably going to have to get that collector's edition, even though I have one friend who would play that with me, and that's you. That rule book is Tiny Tina's rule book. It's not just officially Mm -hmm. printed. It's got her little notes in there and all her little commentary about stuff. That's what's got me really excited for this. I saw this and I definitely wanted it. I was in the same boat as you, though. I'm like, I want this, but it'll be just for me to look at because we'll never actually be able to play it. Yeah. And so I'm just sitting there like, hmm, hmm, this, this, I think this has to go on the Christmas list. Yeah, It's not something go. I can buy with my own money because I have too many other things I'm supposed to spend it on. But, you know, as a gift, bam, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll have it here. I can set it up somewhere, part of the decor of my, my room and area. And just look at it and see how beautiful it is every single day. And I also got to state, I loved Randy Pitchford and all of his his crew setting this whole thing up and doing uh, their freaking crazy weird little test with the little <laughs> two sidekicks going and talking about the dice and talking about, like you said, the book and the board and the actual figurines. And I loved what he pulls. He goes, look how awesome these diecast little figures are. This is the best. This one was zero so cool. The guy's like, that's Axton. Shut up. <laughs> shut, shut up. <laughs> I will say those two dudes, whoever they are, they deserve a little medal because they definitely carried that one for me. I, just, just, it was just like watching Godfall. Just look in the background, look off to the side while you're hearing Randy Pitchford. What are they doing? What goofy stuff are they up to? The dude with the big old shoulder pads and the big old tall hair. I don't know why, but that just that just tickled my fancy right there. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Both of them were fantastic. Randy did a great job. He, he was in on the, the little the little teeth blings yeah, going yeah, on yeah. the whole time. That was a good good touch. I appreciated it. I liked it. And you said, of course, you predicted this. Well, guess what? I brought it up. We knew it was going to happen. Borderlands 3 is going next-gen, free of charge. Anybody who owns Borderlands 3 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, etc. will get to go to that same system free of charge as a free upgrade, which will have, of course, the 60 frames per second, you know, the H, you know, well, not HD upgrade, it's already HD, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The kick up to the power that is the next-gen system. Mm-hmm. I am super stoked and happy to hear that because I didn't want to have to buy some... PlayStation 5, Borderlands 3, super massive, crazy something edition, because I've already bought these games a billion times. I was, again, glad that you brought it up during the last episode, because I was going to talk about it and forgot. So if you hadn't brought it up, we wouldn't look like such geniuses as we do today. So not only is it going next gen, not only getting the free upgrade, they did talk a lot about 
bringing crossplay next year. So crossplay for your PS5 to your PS4 friends to your PC friends to your Xbox One friends, your Xbox One X friends. If they can manage to get it all the way across the board, anytime you can do something like that, that's awesome. So if they can manage to do it as as giant and compact as that, that's that's epic. It's great. It is. I'm super happy they're doing that. I'm also super happy that they haven't decided to stop. You know, we talked about yep. this. What are they going to do with Borderlands 3? Is this going to kind of be it for a while? Are they going to come out with like a media expansion later? Are they going to do another season? Well, they said there's a lot more to come and we should all be excited. They didn't get into big detail, but they did say there's definitely going to be a whole other skill tree for all the different classes coming up soon. And they showcased Flax. Mm-hmm. And I was so jealous. Yep. I was so jealous. You get a loader bot. I mean, man. There's no way Moses is getting something that cool. I was so happy, not only with the loader bot, which was awesome, because they showed like the three different transmutations of it, the regular loader bot, the bull loader bot, the war loader bot, all of them awesome. But then on top of that, they showcased a little bit of his new skill tree, which is all about shields and shield upgrades, which is amazing because that's the one thing that my flat can't do. Like he's got like health, 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 health. And a shield is just kind of a regular shield. But now I can buff my shields too, so I can really never die. I already never die. I just I, pl- I just played before the show. I went down like forty seven times, never died because I'm just I'm just that badass. So now I'll, I won't even go down anymore. My shield will just stay up instantly forever. It's god, god damn, it's so good. Being flack is so great. Just be a god soon, just a straight up god. Mm-hmm. Oh, so amazing. I can't wait to see what the others are, especially of course Moe's. Since that's who I roll with primarily, I am currently doing another playthrough, though, with Zane. And let me tell you, man, Zane's dialogue is so fantastic. I'm having a good time with it. I hope it stays on point the whole time through. And then, of course, then I'll be excited to see what his next skill tree is going to be all about. And then beyond that, they didn't really state what's coming, but they just said there's a lot more coming. It's a good time to be a Borderlands fan, you know? <sighs> don't don't say that, damn it, Eric. <laughs> I mean, I, I do want to point out they did say that those new skill trees are coming, quote fingers, with DLC 5. So either that uh-huh. is the entire DLC or there is some kind of campaign add-on or something. And I just want to say, I said the words DLC 5 on the podcast like two weeks ago when we were talking about the future of Borderlands uh-huh. 3. So I'm a genius again. On top of it all, we know it's something big because Randy posted after, was it Sam Winkler? I'm not sure who, I forget the name escapes me now. One of the employees posted, hey, this next one is going to be super cool and what we're doing, and da-da-da-da-da-da. And uh, then Randy was like, remember, and I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember as much as I can of it, but then basically the gist of Randy said, calling it just a, a new game mode or something is, oh, I think, underselling it. That's right, It's more yeah. like a whole new experience entirely. Mm-hmm, and that's then, right. of course, we talked about would there be, maybe they take uh, the incursions from Battleborn, or maybe this is the Project 1v1 finally yeah, getting yeah. introduced. And then, of course, our boy Mental Mars, he stole it away. <laughs> he stole it away, and he went and asked Randy directly. I don't think Randy responded, so still a mystery to us all. He knew. He knew we recorded on Thursdays, and he was like, oh, I got this. And he shot a little little dart at Randy with, with all of our mm-hmm. hopes and dreams inside it. Uh, so shout out to you, Mental Mars. Hey, we're on the same page with one of the best Gearbox content creators there is out there. So, hey, we're still bros from, from all the way across the ocean. In quarantine. Out. This isn't the order of the show notes, but we're just talking about Borderlands 3 DLCs. I know I heard earlier in the episode, my buddy Eric had a chance to touch that Krieg DLC, which he absolutely did not in our last episode. 
So give me some first impressions. You said you haven't beaten it. I still haven't beaten it either. Are you liking it? Are you digging it? How far you got? What you've been doing? Cool guns, cool experiences. What you got? All right. So I ain't going to lie. The gun thing, don't got nothing for anybody right now. I've stuck with the guns that I've had up to this point just because of all the buffs that were given to the guns prior to this DLC's release. So I'm I'm feeling good. I'm smoking enemies. And I'm hesitant right now to be like, oh, I'm going to try out all these different guns. I'm like, eh, let me just get through with what I got and then I'll go play. So I have gotten several new ones that I haven't seen before, but I haven't touched them yet. I will, and I'll talk about them and see maybe if I find some new favorites. But for the moment, I was just more focused on the story. And I've gotten through the first two areas. Mm-hmm. All right, I did the first one with the Crimson the Crimson Castle area where that has... The COV oh, spoil it. It has, yeah. Yeah, it has you know, COV and, and some other events going on in there. I had a good time with that one. I will say fun, good. I enjoyed the area. The music was on point, I would say. Uh, the, but the environment was, you know, stuff we've seen a lot before. So I wasn't like, oh, right, this is so crazy cool. I will say I love the the theme of it. I love the bl- blood and the bones like we talked about last mm-hmm. episode. But when I went back to play through the rest of it, man, if I never see another COV enemy in my entire life, I will not miss them at all. <laughs> I was just, I was going through just so many rooms of just maniacs and psychos and marauders over and over and over, all of them, all of them, all of them. And, you know, it's still fun, but just hammering on that right trigger, just, just the same thing over and over, jump in. Oh, here's a tink with all the grenades, blah, 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 blah. It was just, it, it got to be too much with the COV stuff. I got. I never want to see another psycho again. I can't do it. I'm, I'm in agreement. I love the different baddies, the psychos. You know, I'm like, all right, let's let them rest for a minute. Those poor bad boys need a break. Um, I will say the Krieg stuff with Saint Krieg and Insane Krieg. I love the the the, co- the play between those two yeah. and every situation that they get themselves into, and the side quests along the way are like these. It's so weird. They're like such mini side quests. Mm-hmm. You, you just they don't even showcase them unless you get near them, and then when you find them, it's just like scratch my back you know there's one where you scratch you know in St. Creek's back and it gets with Moe's anyway it gets like really awkward and and, and those are fun those are great but I will say the uh, the tapes that you find so far uh, the ones involving the second area were pretty good because they mostly involved uh, Maya yep and then uh, and Krieg and their relationship things going on that was that was really nice but in the first area it was a lot of uh, just silly ones like Saint Krieg talking to Insane Krieg and yeah, complaining yeah. and or trying to tell jokes or just trying to bond and, and try to live together. But uh, those ones were hit and miss because a couple of the jokes, you know, I'm not a jokester. I don't, I don't like jokes anyway. So you're telling a joke and it's supposed to be funny because it's a bad joke, but I don't like jokes in the first place. So for me, I'm just like, okay, all right. But the story stuff, I'm really digging. You know, it, it's filling in a lot of holes, a lot of points that you didn't get to see in Borderlands 2 and stuff. So... I appreciate them, but uh, I hope we stick to mainly the story ones, not the joke ones, just because personal preference, not for me. Yeah, I agree. And then, then two things that I got minor beef with is you, you mentioned the little mini side quests, and I like it because it's, it's, it's fun and it's kind of silly and it doesn't distract you and like, oh, hey, go over in this big area way over here, you know, way off the map and do that stuff. But then I have beef with it because I got out of that first memory and there was a little memory fragments floating around in the Psychoverse or Psycholands, whatever the home base is. And I clicked on it and Tannis went, hey, go back into that memory and find this other thing. And I went, no, I just finished that memory. If you wanted me to do that side quest, it needed to happen in there so I could go to that other side, which 
I actually I actually got off track of the the main quest once and went to where I'm assuming that side quest is because there was nothing else there and it was uh-huh. just hordes and hordes and hordes of enemies and it drove me nuts and I, I eventually just sat down behind a barricade and let Mr. Beef eat everybody and I was just like nope I'm done with this for a minute so I know that side quest is just to go back to that area but I was already there go open it up get you know you know what I mean I'm not going to mm. run through that whole castle just to find that one little area. And see, I wonder if when they made that, they were just assuming you'd be a normal player and just cruise through main mission, don't stop, don't look around. Yeah, true. And then, of course, you'd get those side missions and go back to those areas and further explore because the side missions took you there. Mm. Not knowing that, of course, there's some players like yourself who just sit there and basically follow the walls like a psycho person until they've uncovered the whole map and keep going. Mm. But then, like you said, at that point, you fought every single mob under the sun. You've seen all the things. You're like, all right, I finished it, and then, no, no, you didn't. Now go back and go back and go back and go back. I can see why that would be frustrating for sure, but I just don't think they were thinking that's the the general demographic for people playing. And then that'd give people a refresher to get back into the old area and see the cool stuff that they did do, like you said, with the environments with the meats and the eyeballs Mm -hmm. and the weird stuff that you might have forgotten as you already delved into the second or the last final area. Okay, yeah, I'll say that's fair, but my last little beef bit what do you think of like the the crew challenges? The little Tannis's little target shooting. I hate them. I hate them. I did one and it was easy, and I did the next one and there were like nine of them out there, and I tried it four times, got nowhere even close. Maybe if I had like a mouse and keyboard, sure, and I cranked up my mouse sensitivity, I could do it. But I was just like, none of my guns are doing this. Not it. I can't do it. And I, I put my controller down and said, I will never do these again. Like, I, huh. I popped one once and, like, seven shot out, and I just went, nope, okay, uh, nope. This, the second I saw, I went, they designed this for keyboard players, mm-hmm. period. Because with keyboard, mouse, click, 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 you yep. win. It's pretty simple. And then all the only puzzle and then becomes following the trails to see where the little balls are hiding. Because in some of them, you got to follow different, actually, paths yeah. and go look behind other items and stuff to find them. And that's where the challenge comes in. Can you jump to the different areas and get mm-hmm. to them before they disappear? And, of course, the trail, if you don't know, disappears before they yep. actually end. So you have to memorize where they went to go see them. So that's the, that's supposed to be the hard part. But when you got a clunky old controller and, you know, let's face it, a lot of Borderlands guns do not shoot straight. They don't shoot in a very you know mm-hmm. p- precise pattern. So when you're with the controller and you're flopping around like a dead fish trying to shoot these things, it's a nightmare. I've been doing them. I didn't stop like you did, but uh, man, a couple of them tried my patience so far. And I'm like, nope, I don't like these. Mm -mm, mm -mm." But beyond all that, went to the second area. It's a choo-choo train. Won't say anything beyond that, but I like that environment. I love, once again, the music. The music's always on point at this point, I'll tell you. Yeah. And... The choo-choo train itself was a pretty – it's a pretty cool idea. I thought it was going to be more – I thought the train was going to be like an actual entity of some kind. Right. But uh, it's it's literally just a crazy choo-choo train. So – but it's still really cool. It's still really fun. Fighting it was a good time. And then uh, beyond that, I haven't got too much further and I don't want to go too deep anyway. So Yeah, I like the I like the colors in that area, like the enemies when they would splot out the rainbow paint on the ground when you beat them and they would turn all rainbow style. I really like that. My one beef with that area was the Locomobius boss that took forever. Even with my OPQ system that just melts everything, I was just I ran out of ammo like four different times with that gun. I was just like, "Come on, come on!" 
I don't know. Maybe I need some better guns, but I already have a really good gun that melts everything else. I was like, man, that choo-choo train, he's, he's a tough son of a gun. I got better luck with him. I, I, I got him down pretty quick because okay. uh, somebody was freezing him quite a bit for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was just hopping in and out of, uh, you know, Oh, bear. yeah, you got Iron Bear, which deals yeah, the big, and big he damage. Was, and he was constantly, he'd be on point. So whenever the train appeared, he was shooting that train anyway. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, obviously I don't have to do nothing with him. He was every, he knew where the train was going. He was already locked on as the train was about to come out of whatever hidey hole it was coming out of. And I guess that's a fair point because Mr. Beef is not good with anti-air stuff. If it was just uh-huh. a train running around the ground, he'd be all over it. But, you know, he has like a little vomit spit that goes up. It's not very good. I understand. So for me, it wasn't that bad. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. And the story after that was really, really cool. Really liked it. I won't talk about it, but yep. I just thought it was fantastic and good stuff. And it really got me looking forward to the next area and continuing mm-hmm. on and finishing this uh, DLC up. I've heard it's great. I know it's probably going to be great, and I can't wait to, like I said, this weekend hopefully finish it up myself and uh, see where we go. And speaking of things that are great and awesome and that we want to talk about, I don't know how much time we got left on the episode, but I teased it earlier. The PlayStation Showcase came out. PS5 is dropping November 12th for $500 or $400. They showed off all kinds of games in here. I know Eric's got a big old list of games. I got one game that, that piqued my fancy. Oh, man, what do you want to say about the PlayStation Showcase? So like you said, we won't go too crazy with it. But I want to say one thing. PlayStation, you screwed up so bad. Oh, Your boy. launch was nasty. It was terrible. <laughs> it was annoying and frustrating. You come out, you do a great job with the showcase. Mm-hmm. You announce all these cool games, the reveal date, the different price ranges, which I thought were fair and fine. Yeah. And then you say, it's coming out soon. Cool beans. And then Jeff has to come on to Twitter and say, hey, everybody, uh, their, their, their pre-orders will probably start. Probably start tomorrow, but I don't know. It might start even earlier if the retailers do it. I don't know what's going on. And then PlayStation responds finally and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pre-orders are going to start as, as soon as tomorrow. And I went, okay, mm-hmm. cool, fine. Uh, that's really weird that you kind of stutter step like that, but I'm I'm down with it. So I went to bed, 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. bedtime. Woke up at 3 a.m. Because you know what 3 a.m. Eastern time is? It's midnight Western time. Mm-hmm. World runs off Western time. Yeah, so, true. of course... I woke up at 3 a.m. I came downstairs and I went, I went clickety, clickety, clack, 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 clack. I'm going to get me a PlayStation 5. Ah, I'm a smart little banana. Look what I did. Sold out. Sold out. Yep. Sold out. Sold out. Sold out. So I go on a Twitter and I'm like, what the flick? Apparently, none of the retailers waited till the next day. At 8.30, they all went live and sold out while I was sleeping up until actually next day, which is midnight of, you know, day that they said... Oh, man, I was not happy. So I don't have a PlayStation 5 now. They're gone. Yeah. And they said, too, from what I'm hearing, that if you don't get on board with the first sweep, it might not be till the first of the year that you you get another chance. And I'm like, I will flip tables. I will murder penguins. Oh, I promise you. We'll have problems. (laughs) Now, see, I was under the impression that it started even earlier than that because I watched the PlayStation Showcase, like, way after it, it happened. And some might have. I don't know. I just know Best Buy was, like, 8.30. They went live or whatever. Okay, because then I immediately saw people saying, oh, here's the links to the stores where it might be. And then the immediate first reply was, oh, they're all sold out already. And I went, so you had to get it, like, as soon as the thing ended? I, I was baffled. So I haven't even tried since that time mm-hmm. when it was it was, like, Maybe 8 o'clock at night at that point when I checked it, and they were like, everybody's sold out already. 
And I had to drive and I had to call and I had to get there and like kick down the door and they finally gave me one and I was just like, no, I okay, I'm never usually a launch day guy. I haven't been for a long time. I guess I'm not going to be this time either unless something crazy happens because it was, it was too fast. It was too much. And I was like, nope. It's, it's ridiculous. And then before we move on, I just want to also state, you know, our PlayStation also did the, hey, we're inviting you to get this, you know, you might be registered to get an exclusive PlayStation from us for being like a, you know, PlayStation player. Some people oh. were getting that. Oh. I got one. And it was like, hey, we're going to put you in, the, you know, in this this thing. And it says it takes into account how much you play, how much you've, how long you've been with PlayStation, mm-hmm. all these weird factors that, you know, who knows what they were. Right. So regardless, I was like, well, maybe I'll get lucky with that. So I looked. There's nothing there. And then once again, I go to Twitter. And I see all the big time streamers, all the big dogs, all going, look at how I got my private PlayStation saved for me from PlayStation. Of course. And I went, I went, well, first off, that's fine. Cool. Yeah, you do play a lot. I understand why the algorithm will choose you. But uh, you get your PlayStation for free. You're going to get one anyway. PlayStation's going to send you a bunch for your crew members and you to play the games, review the games, and do all the stuff with. Yep. So you, basically, you're just taking more PlayStations from the hands of people who need them. This doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I understand why they wouldn't go through the work, of course, of filtering out the streamers, et cetera, that they're going to get play free PlayStations because it's a lot of work. To hell with it. Just give it to them. They can give it away on donations or whatever they're going to do, you know, giveaways and all that. So, you know, it's just, but it's minorly annoying, especially since now I'm in the boat of, hardcore PlayStation gamer, someone who's been there forever, and now I get to look like a schlub and not have anything to play for the first few months. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I can't not have a PlayStation because Yakuza, Persona, all my favorite franchises are on PlayStation, and my free upgrade for Borderlands 3, it's going to be on PlayStation. But now it's, there's no chance. It's, it's, it's all gone, and it's all just, whew, someday I'll get one. Oh, well. Maybe we'll get lucky. I mean, I won't be totally pessimistic. You know, there's there's always a chance that somebody will open up and be like, oh, we actually had some in reserve or right, whatever, right. and you get a, a chance at it. Or opening day, they do always have a handful on opening day at all the different places. So first come, first serve sort of thing. So there's there's still opportunities, but the big, easy, I'm secure sweep is gone. And it was gone before it was supposed to be. I was lied to, basically, and that's frustrating. And it sucks because, like I said, the showcase itself was really good, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And then just to be hit in the head with that afterwards, is it's just like, oh, well. You know, I feel like that dog where you're holding a treat and you're like, oh, I deserve this. This is great. Oh, and then you just get slapped in the face and told to go lay down. And you're like, what the, I don't understand what just happened to me. Well, that's not what we're going to do to our <laughs> listeners. We're not ended on a down note. No, we're ended we're on a not. good note. Right. What were some awesome things on that PlayStation showcase? Like I said, there's one for me. There's There's one big, big, big one. All right, I've got three, and I'll make most of them quick. God of War, Ragnarok. Super cool. Glad they put it in there. I will say people were getting way too hyped about it, though. Mm. Of like Everybody knew God of War was being made. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a secret, but everyone went like, nutsos. And I'm like, they didn't show you anything. They just went, hey, boy, we're going to go do a thing, boy. It's it's God of War. And that was the other thing. You saw literally nothing. And it was like, nothing. this is going to be freaking amazing. Ah! Like, but you saw a logo. Basically, that's yeah. come on, guys. Ragnarok. That's it. I was like, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm hyped, and I'm glad that 2021 we get to play God of War Ragnarok because I love that game. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, y'all are y'all are just nutsos. All right, whatever. And so I'm like, I'll focus on the ones I thought actually showed a lot of stuff and were really cool as well. And those two are Harry Potter, and then of course Final Fantasy 16. 
I am for Harry Potter. I'm so glad and, and intrigued that they went back to the 1800s. So it's completely out of any storyline whatsoever that you could possibly know. And you're just seeing Harry, you know, the Hogwarts and et cetera, as it was way back in the day with all new creatures, enemies, baddies, goodies, et cetera. So it's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. We're not going to yes. do anything with the films or the books or the things. We're going to go way stuff. so far back that we can't even That's touch right. anything. Yeah, you can't be mad at us for nothing. We Hell can yeah. do whatever we want. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want because I don't want the little nerds out there to go, well, you know, technically Dumbledore did this and that. And I'm upset. They're not following. You know, nope. I don't want to hear none of that. Don't have to now. So happy. And it's super cool looking. The graphics on it looked really nice. Hogwarts looked fantastic. And then they kind of showed a an outer world area where you were flying around on the hippogriff or whatever. I was like, oh, man, that looks really nice. They showed like some kind of. You know, antagonist baddie, you know, that you're looking at dragons, everything you could want. And I, and then, of course, the brooms. So I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some form of Quidditch, ancient Quidditch going on there. I was like, this has potential to be amazing, be fantastic. It looks like an open world, develop relationships type game, do all that. So I'm on board for some Harry Potter. You know what I mean? I fell asleep as soon as I heard, oh, the wizarded world. And I went, so get on over to Final Fantasy 16. I'm sick of hearing about wizards and kids right, and brooms right. and animals. Get out of here. Well, you're still going to hear about wizards and kids and brooms because Final Fantasy 16 is going back to its medieval roots, That's man. It's different kinds, though. That's the kinds happy. that I like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an Ivalice-type environment or mm-hmm. um, or more recently you know, Final Fantasy 14. The, the take they have on characters yeah. and, and all that, that's exactly the same vibe they're going with for this one. It looks really neat because uh, the the summons in this one are, like, linked to certain people. So they're, like, important. Like, the Duke's son is Phoenix, basically. It looks like the one guy's Ifrit. And then, of course, they show you, like, going up against Shiva and then her, her ambassador or whatever where they're going to call yeah, those yeah, individuals. Yeah. And it looks like all these wars are based on these powerful people and holding them and controlling them mm-hmm. to control the summons. And then, of course, gain land, lose land. And it looks like they're going to have all the different classes and races, you know, the demons, the humans, the cat people, probably the the bunny people, the little mages, uh, the chocobos were there. They, sh- mm-hmm. they showed it all. And it was gorgeous looking. And I was like, I want this. The one thing that I really liked was, I mean, I didn't delve into it super close, but the, at the end, there were the two characters that really, really hate each other. And I'm, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get you. And neither one of them looked like a little teenage kid. Yeah, they were adults. I like grown adult people having wars and issues and things. That's what I like. That's what I want out of my Final Fantasy. I want Oren to lead the story, not Titus. Not Titus. That's how I want it. should have been. Yes. Dang it. So, and of course, lastly for it, uh, they had the dragoon come down in that fight. Mm-hmm. was so cool just seeing them flashing around. And of course, they were doing that really cool, like, just darting all over the place mm-hmm. doing swinging swords in the air and then of course i find out that the uh the yahoo did devil may cry is in charge of the combat for oh, this. Yeah, yeah. so you can bet your belly buttons that it's going to be fast-paced crazy frenetic cool stuff and speaking of fast-paced crazy frenetic cool stuff the one thing that hit hit me like square in the heart and made me jump for joy as soon as i saw it was death loop seeing more death loop watching more death loop gameplay and then getting an even deeper look into the world of Deathloop and how it's going to work together. Because it's all about, you know, you're, you're stuck in a time loop. This day keeps going over and over and over again. And you have these eight other assassins you're trying to go and kill. And another assassin is hunting you down. But they hadn't explained before that 
there's going to be this cool interaction of earlier in the day, you can go and do something to one assassin that will make him go and be at the other one. Like the example they gave was this one assassin's throwing a big fancy party, but at the same time, this other one is doing his big scientific experiment because he's going to have a breakthrough. So he doesn't accept the invitation to the party. But if earlier in the day you go and screw up his science lab, he won't, he won't be running that experiment later in the day. He'll go over to that party. Now two people are in the same place. Now you got a chance to get two for one. Two Birds with One Stone, it was the theme of the trailer. Uh-huh. And then just watching the crazy, wild, fast-placed, throwing people up, launching them, chucking them out the window, that looked so damn good. And then, I mean, as as soon as the, you mentioned time loops in the original Death Loop stuff, I was 100% all in. Now seeing it, now knowing that you can interact with ones to push this guy over here so later in the day you can get both. Fantastic, amazing. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it again. I need my PS5 to come. Whenever Deathloop comes out, that's when I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm, I was watching this one, too. I'm I'm not as stoked about this one as you are, but I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those ones I'm going to watch and wait and just get more and more on because it, it might be too hard for Eric's brain to comprehend and play. We'll have to find <laughs> out, you know. We'll wait and see on that one. It might be too fast-paced for me to get into, but just the, the manipulation of time and people and spaces it just, it just, it's everything that I love about time travel anything. God, oh, I'm excited. And of course, you guys, there was so much more there at that PlayStation Showcase. Other games shown, some of the games you've already known about having trailers yet again for them. Much more we could talk about and we will talk about as we get closer to the launch. But for now, hey, what did you guys think of that showcase? Was it awesome? Was it great? What was your favorite moments, huh? You should let us know. Via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, or even find us on Facebook under Third Shift. You can find us on Facebook. We're over there. We're getting those little post engagements, happenings, doing stuff. You can also find us over on Patreon, where we treat it like a little old tip jar. Like what we're doing, like what we're hearing. You want to support us, throw us a buck or two, three bucks, five bucks, any kind of bucks. Helps us keep the lights on and happenings going on over here. It gives me water to drink, as you might have heard. Mmm, delicious water. I need that stuff, all right? But if you can't, I can always go drink out of water puddles outside. And then you can support us in other ways, like, you know, uh, Facebook likes, those those Twitter, those little Twitter hearts, you know, those things. Or maybe going over to Twitch, subscribing over there or following us over there. Uh, five-star ratings. You guys know it all. We do it all. We're there for it all. We need it all. We want it all. Help us help you in any way you can. And definitely help us out by listening to that very next episode, which will drop on the 24th of September on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it with those five-star reviews. Five stars, I need another one. Please, please, because Halloween's coming up, and if I don't have one, I might turn into some kind of evil clown. <laughs> and with that, there's really nothing else to say, but... Shut up and sit down. Never clown voice. <laughs> clown voice scares me.